Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. My name is Shad. I'm joined tonight by Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? You almost Good. said it wrong. Almost. I felt I heard that hesitation out of four. <laughs> it came I out know. like four. Well, I was I was trying not to cough in the middle of it. Uh, for those of you out there listening, it's September 2018. Fall is coming. The leaves are starting to change, and sinuses everywhere are exploding in tandem. So I was trying not to cough in the middle of it. Yes, ragweed uh, season is a horrible, horrible time. <laughs> yep, Matt. What about what about there in the uh, the foggy bottoms, as they don't say? Uh, here in DC, it's been raining uh, for days. It seems rain, just raining and raining and raining. Yeah. There's actually an article that was put out by um, our, one of our local weather teams. It's called the Capital Weather Gang. They, I didn't quite read the article, but the headline was something about how like just about every day in September has been uh, either overcast or raining here in D.C. So it's been kind of... The swamp here has been a little bit swampier. Nice. Ah, okay. On, on Friday here, it was like 92 degrees. Then on Saturday, it was about 60 degrees. Mm. Yep. Yep. That's a recipe uh, for like a getting the flu or something like that when, <laughs> when it drops by like 30 degrees. Well, when, when you have arthritis like I do, it means a lot of pain. Yeah, that means a whole lot of it just kind of tightens up. So <clears throat> we are uh, we are all gathered here to talk about wrestling this evening and hopefully entertain you as well. Our listeners, thank you for listening. <clears throat> but we'd love to hear from you guys. We do have a social media presence that we're wanting to have grow, and we're going to start with the uh, the old the old fogey method or the old fogey platform we use on on them their facey books, right, Brad? Yep, you can uh, check out our page. It's Four Corners Podcast. That is the number four, and then corners is one word. Um, you can leave comments, and you can also like our episodes. All right, and. Uh, we also, we got them Twitters as the young folks don't say too, right, Matt? That's right. We got a Twitter account. It is at podcast four corners. That's capital P the number four at podcast four corners. And you can send us tweets, DMS, all of that good stuff. We would love to hear from you. Uh, we also have an email, right, Brad? Yep. That is pit podcast 25 at gmail.com. All right. Now, here's the thing. When we post things, when we, especially on Twitter, when we post things, we've got to make sure that we that we acknowledge the people that brought us to where we are today. That means we've got to give a shout-out, right, Matt? That's right. We have to give a shout-out to the man himself, Epico Cologne. Uh, we follow Epico on Twitter, <laughs> as everyone should. Uh, and you know, guys, I heard that uh, Epico's favorite burger joint is actually Five Guys. <laughs> is it really? Like, clearly, the man knows the superior burger chain in, in these in the United States of America. It's so important that we get everyone on the same page. It's just, you know, just just cast aside all the other stuff, the local races, the upcoming uh, congressional races, the Supreme Court thing, and get on the get your friends and family on the five guys bandwagon. 
And just so you know, In and Out Burger kicks puppies. (laughs) Incidentally, we are not sponsored by Five Guys, but we're trying like crazy. Oh, man, it would be nice. Uh, as uh, as Brad can report, he has some uh, news on Five Guys. Apparently, they sell a specific food item. Right, Brad? Yeah, so I haven't been to Five Guys in a really long time. And um, I don't know, we, we had had this conversation recently about them. So I decided I wanted to go, and they actually have milkshakes now. Ah, milkshakes. The thick dairy option. And they're quite good, drink. actually. Excellent. I feel like and, if you're going in there, if you're gonna get, you go in Five Guys, and you just have to get a shake. You, you can't do a shake and a burger because I, I feel like you would just be, <laughs> just so stuffed. Yeah, they have an interesting way of doing it too. So like, I guess you get like the basic vanilla shake, then you can do add-ins. Like you can add like uh, malted milk. You can add like cherries. I think you can add, you can add like a chocolate mix to make it chocolate. You can add a couple other things. So it's well, it's interesting. Can you add I like was gonna Oreos? say yes, you it, can. It okay. Probably uh, you can add bacon too. Bacon. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, there, people I, people do that. Like there's a there's a really good a donut place here in DC, and one of their specialty ones is uh, like peanut butter and bacon. They're trying to go for that whole like salty sweet. See one here thing. does one here does bacon. Is it duck donut? Do we have duck donuts here? They they, have they a bacon. do. They have a bacon yeah, they one do. there, and it's kind of gross. Yeah, because it's all greasy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not down. I I like my sweet things sweet. I don't mind sometimes mixing a savory in, but I don't. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't get the bacon thing. Um, there's there's been a little bacon saturation in the last decade, but <clears throat> the other thing I want to give a shout out for we are not sponsored either, but I do want to give a shout out to uh, Collar and Elbow for the simple reason that. I know a lot of guys that work with Collar and Elbow uh, wrestling gear for wrestling guys. Support your independent wrestler, and uh, they also make really good shirts. You know, they're they're good designs. They're not overly complicated or tacky or gaudy or anything, and the shirts are really comfortable. So, Collar and Elbow, we'll tag them in this as well. Uh, but first, you guys may have listened uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, when we talked about the first episode of the May Young Classic. And, well, it's been a couple weeks since then, which means we have a couple more episodes. Uh, Matt and Brad are going to be talking about that, so I'm going to step back from the mic for a bit, because I haven't gotten to watch it yet. But you guys take it away. having a bit of technical difficulties tonight so um matt is having trouble connecting so that's why we kind of cut into this so shad and i are going to briefly discuss hell in the cell until he can get back and hopefully we can talk about the may young tonight um but there's a chance we might come back next week or the week after and just do a more of a bulk episode with those so um i didn't get to see much of hell in the cell I saw, I think I saw Styles and Joe, and I think I saw Becky win the title, and I watched Brock come back. Okay, so when I got home, I had just gotten home from being out for the weekend. And so we come home, 
we get everything settled, and I sit down, um, and I, I turn it on. I turn it on in time to see ex- them announce exactly what I didn't think I would hear, and Becky Lynch hoists the title overhead, and I'm just thinking, wow, I tuned in at a good time. Yeah, I was surprised they put the belt on her, actually. Well, they've already got the rematch scheduled for Evolution or Crown Jewel or other event that people are paying us to do, I guess. I don't think women are allowed at Crown Jewel because that's like the Saudi show, isn't it? Yeah, so it's on Evolution. They may have the rematch and have Charlotte win it back, but it's it's still nice to see Becky win. She got her moment. Yeah, incidentally, Becky hoists the title. Charlotte comes in the ring offering to raise her hand, and Becky says, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you don't steal my moment. And I I was sitting there looking at it thinking, Sasha Banks needs a gimmick change because Becky Lynch is now the straight-up boss. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, So, um, I liked the second Joe Styles quite a bit. Hang on, I'm going to work my way down to it because I saw... Replays from um, Hardy Orton opened the show. Hell in a Cell was open with a Hell in a Cell match, I think. So, good for them. Um, Did they apparently, do that god-awful red tint to that one, too? Uh, it was, The cell was painted red, though. Oh. So, <clears throat> you know, um, basically Randy Orton was able to take the... Uh, the easiest way to defeat Jeff Hardy, and that's let Jeff Hardy get in a position to try him kill himself and then move and let Jeff Hardy try and kill himself. And so he beats Hardy. And then he pulls one of the most cringe-inducing spots I've seen in a long time. I did. I don't know if he popped the gauge out of Jeff's ear. Jeff didn't have the gauge in, but Jeff Hardy has the dangly earlobe thing from having big gauges in his ears. And the first thing the, he does is Randy sticks his finger in it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, oh, God, he's going to rip that open. And then Randy rolls out of the ring, comes back in with a screwdriver. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, no, no. And he puts it in. He starts twisting Jeff's earlobe to yeah. the point where I legitimately think it's going to rip open. Right. Uh, that makes me want to puke. Yeah, they didn't. It's He just twisted it to that point, <coughs> which brought up. Other people on Twitter um, remarking about it. Uh, I can't remember who was the agent. I think it was a, a quote from D'Lo. And D'Lo was the agent for a cage match that Jeff was in in TNA. And Jeff went out there and did something crazy. And you're like, D'Lo, you're supposed to keep him from doing that. And D'Lo looks at him and says, I'm not the one to put Jeff Hardy in a cage. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, so, you can't do that. <laughs> so we had that. Um, the show also featured, it didn't open with that. I was wrong. The The show opened with the new day, which was Biggie and Kofi versus Rusev day, which this saw the, um, it ended with the disintegration of Rusev day. So I don't get what the end game with that is because I don't think Aiden English can survive on his own. Well, to be to be fair, we haven't seen Aiden have a whole lot of on his own to work with because he came up with the vaudevillains, and then after Gotch got canned, they um, 
looked around, and you know English is doing his Phantom of the Opera thing, but it's not getting much traction yet. And then he starts doing the thing with Rusev pretty soon after that, and it took off. So I don't know, maybe. All of a sudden now, Aiden has credibility of being good on the mic and doing something nobody else on the roster does. So potentially, um, I think Aiden English is in in a very unique spot of being able to survive because he is, uh, first of all, you know, he survived the fallout that came from tagging with Gotch, which who apparently was um, not the most well liked person. <clears throat> he uh, parlayed it into getting over with the Rusev Day stuff, and he's married to Eddie and Vicky's daughter. So uh, you you kind of got to look around and think, the dude, you, you know, the dude's uh, he's probably got the tools. They have this they have this weird obsession with um, trying to break up Rusev's act when it's really like clicking. Yeah, I thought, on one hand, it's like, okay, I think Aiden may be able to swim on his own. But on the other hand, why do this? Is it just because they've been together for long enough and you're like, we're bored with this? Or, I mean, I don't understand the why. I don't either. (laughs) So, you know, who knows? Uh, Then we had, like I said, had, had Becky and Charlotte. I think Becky won that just straight didn't win that with by submission um let me check oh charlotte attempted a spear and becky turned it into a ddt for the win so that's actually a spot i've been waiting on for a couple of decades now you don't want the uh repeat of uh the spear into the iron chest plate you know what when they did that i thought that was clever like when it was Goldberg and Brett, because yeah. Brett Brett even stayed down for a long time to sell it. He did. So you know they did they did fine with that. <clears throat> I think I think Charlotte and Becky doing the iron breastplate spot might be a little bit obvious, but whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> then we got to see Ziggler and McIntyre versus Ambrose and Rollins. Man, how this... far how far is Rollins fallen because of his <laughs> Ziggler program. Uh, he's uh, he's still Intercontinental Champion. The Shield thing has still got him really, uh, you know, has still uh, he's still really over. I don't think he's hurting too bad. It's just very different from where he was. I think I think though people were, like three months ago were talking about how he should be like the. WWE champion because he's so over and that talk has really gone away. That I'll agree with. Um, but <clears throat> the other interesting thing about this match to me is you had Rollins and and um, Rollins and Ambrose teaming together, but they weren't doing the Shield Gear thing. They came out doing their individual stuff. <coughs> anyway, this match was I thought pretty fun. Did they it win the real, tag titles, or did Ziggler no. and McIntyre? Ziggler retain? and McIntyre retained in what I thought was a, what I thought was a pretty good finish. Okay. Um, this match was really fast paced and frenetic, and you know there wasn't a lot of dead space in it. And then for the finish, um, Seth did that thing where he 
he does the superplex and then he pulls the guy up to do the Falcon arrow. And whenever he pulled Ziggler up to do the Falcon arrow, that's when McIntyre did the claymore on him. And that means that Ziggler dropped on top of him for the pin. Okay. That's I, good. I thought that was a really good finish. Yeah, so that's a good finish. it was, it was a, it was a fun, fast paced match. Good finish. Um, they set it up so that it wasn't like, well, you know, where the heck was Dean? Cause Dean and Dean and Drew were fighting on the outside and Drew was able to roll in and do that. And they got the win. So you know, it's good stuff. And then we, then we got to see, <clears throat> uh, AJ and Joe. Oh my Lord. This was so good. I mean, it was, it was really good stuff. And so over the course of it, we get to have this, you know, this fun back and forth. And it looks like Joe was just eating AJ alive, except AJ still like coming back. But Joe looked more in control in this, I think, than he did previously. The finish. Oh my Lord. The finish was so good. I, I cannot. Brad, I, I talked about the finish on the last one. Why don't you go ahead and give folks the rundown if you haven't seen it. Are we, uh, sorry to interject. Did you guys just start going off? We we didn't know when you would get back, so we kind of started talking about this so we could loop back to the May Young stuff later. Okay. And we'll chop this section in. All right, Brad? Yeah, and I don't I don't actually remember <clears throat> the end of the AJ show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we'll, well, I'll tell you what. We'll chop off the AJ Joe stuff. And, Matt, did you get to watch any of Hell in a Cell? Uh... Well, are, is this part being recorded for the yeah, podcast? Yeah, you can. Okay. Well, I mean, the the truthful answer is uh, not really. Uh, okay. A couple matches, but I did live tweet it, so I'm kind of. <laughs> what did you get, get to see? <laughs> giving the impression that I did. Um, I saw the first two matches. So that was uh, Hardy Orton and the tag title match. No, and the uh, the Becky Lynch Charlotte. Oh, so the um, the New Day versus Rusev Day was uh, on the pre show. Yeah, that was on the pre show, which I did okay. not watch. Okay, I got you. Okay, so Helen Cell did open Helen Cell. Who'd have thunk, right? <laughs> what did you think of that uh, Hardy Orton? So much like basically every match on the pay per view, like everything was actually good. Like everything was an actual good to great match. Um, and I, I didn't have any anticipation of, of thinking this match would be any good. In fact, I thought it was one of the matches that I would not want to see on this, uh, card. And I actually thought it was a pretty decent match. I thought it was pretty good for two people that I like, I don't particularly care for or need to see in my, in, in a ring in 2018. Um, <laughs> I thought it was good. Just had uh, and a I nice thought, little run of two match pay per view matches that have been kind of good right now. Yeah, it's, and I thought everyone's talking about the one spot. Um, yeah, the post match thing. Well, no, I was talking about the uh, the screwdriver in the ear spot. Was that I, was that in the match itself, or was that, that was in the mat? That was in the match itself, and that was I would have I would have tapped out to that noise right there. It, it legitimately looked. I was shocked to see something like that inside a WWE ring, even if it's like a hell in the cell. That's that's almost like CZW type stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Brad and I touched on that a little bit in the, uh, I, 
given that that we had an incident with a, a piercing being ripped out once before in I think Draws versus Boss Man, I wasn't sure how far they were going to push this. Uh, it, it was interesting. Well, yeah, Je- Jeff is willing to die for his craft, so obviously very far. Yeah, the um, and, and am I correct in guessing that I'd heard that this was the case, but you'd have to tell me. Jeff Hardy trying to commit suicide on top of somebody else only for the somebody else to move and get the win. Is that an accurate way of describing how the match ended? Yeah, when when it happened, it kind of didn't come off great because by that point, Orton had moved and looked like he had moved quite before. So Jeff just fell through into the table and I go kind of kind of an odd spot but uh yeah I thought it was uh, overall it was it was good it was a good match it was not what I was expecting okay now <clears throat> I came in at the end of Charlotte versus Becky and so I I heard about the finish I haven't gotten to watch the match how was the the match itself I thought the match was actually very good and in fact, watching watching the match, it kind of we're going to talk about the May. Well, I don't know how we're we're doing this, but the Mayan Classic, it kind of it draws how like that that has deficiencies in terms of like the quality of the wrestling there <coughs> versus two people like Lynch and Flair who were actually very very good at what they do and who in terms of like the, the female wrestlers they have on the roster are kind of right there at the top because I actually thought it was a very good match. Um. I loved. Uh, well, I love the Led Lynch one, but I kind of liked the psychology of where she was constantly trying to work over <clears throat> Charlotte's arm. Um, it was yeah, it was a little sloppy at the beginning of it. Um, there were some moves that looked like kind of miscued, but overall, it was uh, they did a really good job. How did the was it? If am I correct in understanding that the the finish was. Lynch DDTing Charlotte in a spear attempt. Yeah, it was something like that. That's yeah. That I mean, that's that's a good way to go because that shows that Lynch doesn't only have one way to win. You know, she's smart enough to grab the opportunity when it's there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still don't like that they're keep they're basically going with her being a heel. I don't even think that she's supposed to be like a tweener or anything like that. I think they just straight up are having her be like a heel. Which I think it's just so dumb. It's not, yeah. It's not people are looking for right. People aren't buying it. Yeah. The, the problem is that she is too. It's too believable for her to be pissed off about the circumstances. So no one's thinking she's a bad guy out of this. But yeah. you know, we'll see. Um, well, I mean, Charlotte screwed her out of her moment. Like I just don't see how you can side with Charlotte in that. But whatever. Supposedly, there was uh, a rumor that came out that that um, the folks working on that angle had come to the conclusion of, well, okay, we can't call this face versus heel anymore. It's just two people with actual grievances working it out. So, hey, maybe they'll stick to it. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> had you gotten to see, uh, Matt, had you gotten to watch AJ versus Joe? No. Okay. We were talking about that a little bit before before your connection came back. It sounded real good, by the way. Uh, it's looking real jacked, baby. The uh, 
Yeah, you got to drop the jokes in where you can get them, right? Um, this was really good. Uh, you had, like, Joe looked a little more dominant this match than he did the last one, but, I mean, both guys, they just look like they're leaving everything out. They're just throwing everything they got at each other, and it was so good. Here's here's the finish. <laughs> Check this noise out. So, Joe hooks in the coquina clutch, right? Styles goes, springboards off the ropes, back. So, it puts Joe's shoulders down, and it puts AJ's, like, on his neck with his feet kicked over. Kind of like in a German suplex spot, except since Joe has a choke on, his arms are down, right? <clears throat> and they count the three with Joe being down. Corey Graves starts talking about AJ tapping, which is why Joe, you know, was still in the position. And the problem with the camera work is that they only showed, they showed the hard cam again, which just shows AJ getting the pin, right? Then they showed one of the side cameras, which after the ref counts to AJ taps on Joe's ribs. And then the ref counts three. So we have this another way to not have a finish in a very cool and engaging way to continue this feud. You guys with me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like you're eventually gonna have to have Joe win. I mean, I don't, I don't, yeah. I can't see how it just. Well, it they continually... never had Nakamura win. Well, that's a fair point. They didn't have Nakamura win, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm loving what Nakamura is doing right now. Those Make pictures. Nakamura great again. Yes, that was amazing. <laughs> I loved that him, so him much. Wrapped in the, him wrapped in the flag in the background was amazing. Yeah. Well, and what, there are like pictures of him with like flag motifs on it and stuff? Yes, it, that was great. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to see it, but... Um, AJ Joe is, to me, like the example of if you want to keep a feud going for a while, this is how you do it. I don't know why they can't do this every time. I think AJ and Joe can do it because it's AJ and Joe. And other people can't do it because they're not AJ and Joe. But I mean, like when we get to the main event, like who, I mean, the way they did that, like who gives a crap? (laughs) Oh, it, we'll we'll get back around to it. Um, it was at this point after this match, I was so absolutely dead that I crashed out for the night. Um, I was not able to hang on for any more. So, but the next match on the card was Daniel Bryan and Bree versus Miz and Maurice. Who won that yeah. one? That was won by Miz and Maurice with Maurice um, holding Bree's tights for the win. So I, I can kind of understand how adding the wives to this was a way to extend it. Mm-hmm. But uh, there was a criticism that was made, which I think is actually fair, is that if you're talking like the grand, the grand like scheme of the, the feud, Mm-hmm. Uh, which started, you know, technically it started months and months and months ago, right. when Brian before Brian had even been clear to come back to wrestling. When when Miz was kind of like, you know, bashing him on, I I don't know if it was SmackDown or if it was like one of those like Talking Smack or something like that. 
I don't like the network smack. Yeah, I think it was one of the network shows. Um, So and it was like heated. It was very like like very, very strong heel work. So if you're kind of looking at the grander scheme of things, it's supposed to be a feud that's a little more like serious. And then, of course, here you have like the women and it's like a big schmoz, technically. Um, But again, I think that's fine for like for this because it's it's a way to change it up and have the feud continue without either guy just going over and and the thing getting blown off. But I think I, I would hope that they're kind of done with the women now, like they can go back to like the two of them just having like a match. Yeah. And maybe even like a gimmick match if they <laughs> do like a, a reasonable one. Um, Cause honestly, like I, I, I'm, I think forever going forward, I'm extraordinarily nervous about Brian being in any sort of gimmick matches, depending upon like what it is. Like I, like I love, I love the guy. I don't want to see him in, in like a TLC match because I'm yeah terrified yeah, of what like, that would happen. You have to go like more cerebral and do like a submission match or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would I I would definitely be on hand for that. Um, I could see that being like Miz says, if you want another shot at me, you've got to put something on the line. I don't know. Being Miz, I could see that it's like you've got to put your wife's TV show on the line. If you lose, it's canceled. Like. Because that's a very Miz thing to say, right? They should do a beard versus hair match. Ooh. That would be fun, too. <clears throat> and so, but in the course of doing this, there's some kind of caveat where Brian says, if I agree to that, I get to pick the match type. And Miz is all like, ha, ha, ha. You know, I keep winning. What are you going to come up with? You know, like, you know what they should do? They should do the Memphis thing where um, they did this with Bill Dundee and his wife once where Bill Dundee lost a hair match and so he still wanted the title so he came back and put his wife's hair on the line and lost that match too so his wife had to get her head shaved. Wow. So you could you could have... I know they wouldn't do it, but you could have Miz lose the first one and, and then put Maurice's hair on the line and have him lose again. It's a funny idea, but I don't know if it would fly in this current climate, you know? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, we are, uh, I'm just concerned the more this gets stretched out, that the more it's going to cool off. I think it's already starting to cool off. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. I don't, I don't want it to like, I guess go cold, but. They, 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 um, (laughs) the fact, the fact that Daniel Bryan's lost both matches hasn't helped. And I really think right. um, I think their handling of him has not been good. And I think he's actually losing a lot of steam. Yeah, I, it bothers me to see that the ending on Mania 30 and then the guy comes back and everybody freaks out. But we're getting. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree because one thing that I think is is noteworthy is a, I brought it up on the podcast before, but I was at. Uh, mania this year and he by far by far was the most over guy and I, I know that was like his big return match but like people were going insane for brian and they immediately ruined it by taking him out of the match <clears throat> uh, yeah 
True, but I mean, I, regardless, I, I like he still when they brought him back was like, the most over guy. And I mean, I've, I've been to a show, a couple shows since then, and he's still like crazy over. But and I think he always will be to an extent. But they don't want to basically ruin part of his appeal by just having him job out to people perpetually. Like I think they they should be doing a lot more with him if they're a little <laughs> gun shy about putting like a major title on him or something like that. I feel like they could still have him be like a an, an upper tier guy. Oh yeah. It, I don't know. We're in we're in this weird space with him right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next match on the show was Rhonda versus Alexa. Before we um, talk about that, uh, yeah. do you guys see the the tag title match, the raw tag team match? Because that I, I didn't see it, but from from everything that I've heard, that was probably the best match on the show. <clears throat> we touched on it earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I would call it the second match, second best after uh, Joe. AJ Joe. Mm-hmm. But it was it was really good. It was really well paced. Like stuff kept moving a lot. It mm-hmm. had some really like convincing near fall stuff to it. And the finish was really good too. Um, I told I, w- I was telling Brad earlier, but the the finish was that um, you had Seth Rollins do his superplex spot and then pick Ziggler up to do the Falcon Arrow. Whenever he brought Ziggler up for that, McIntyre came in and did his uh, Claymore uh, diving thrust kick <clears throat> on Rollins. So Rollins drops with Ziggler on top of him for the pin. Mm-hmm. I thought that's a really good finish. Um, it was it was a good match. It was part of me was surprised and part of me wasn't surprised because on one hand it could have been I felt like maybe it kind of could have been phoned in, but on the other hand, I'm with the guys that we have doing this. It was still you know still good. So <clears throat> so yeah, if you're gonna watch two matches on the show i would say aj joe and uh the raw tag match well i didn't see becky charlotte so maybe it's three matches this is the thing we keep running into is we keep having they they keep having wcw syndrome where (laughs) you have a really really good show until the main event the main event screws the whole thing up yeah um but i guess we can talk about uh Rhonda and Alexa before we start. Yeah. Uh, you dive so, into the main event. So my understanding was that this was a <clears throat> Alexa was more competitive this time. Like she was training for it or something, but Rhonda still tapped her out. Um, so, you know, it, it also helps that Rhonda, Rhonda had Natalia with her. Alexa had both Mickey James and Alicia Fox and Rhonda still comes out with the win. Okay, that's good as much as I can say without um, without seeing it. So it was like twelve minutes. I don't know if I really want to <laughs> subject myself to a twelve minute Alexa Bliss Ronda Rousey match. Uh, <clears throat> well, we we saw the the end result come out. the The thing that's not real good to hear out of this is the fact that apparently Alexa or has been injured out of it. She's got numbness in her left arm, um, which yeah, is bad. That's I, that's I'm insinuating thinking, some spinal damage. 
Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's gonna be gone for a while, because that tells me like some type of pinch nerve at the bear at the uh, at the minimum. Yeah. Look, we don't. I don't want her to be hurt, but the truth is, you take time off for that stuff. You make sure you heal up right. And I mean, well, taking you, time off can only. Well, because you'll end up like you'll end up like friggin' Paul Orndorff if you ignore like numbness in your arms yeah yeah especially if it's a like an actual like cervical issue going on yeah <laughs> it's it's a um it, it's yeah we really want it we okay first of all we've been critical of alexa but first of all we want you to get well just take the time you need okay she she we really want her to we really want her to to do it right. If you're yeah. gonna have a long career, you need to recover right. You know. Yeah, I would I would say you're probably not gonna see her for a little bit because I'm imagining it's I'm imagining whatever it is requires rehab and to not fall on it repeatedly. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the. Okay, so that was that was the end of the undercard. Then we have this main event that <clears throat> seemed almost ECWsque in its um, in the way it went down in all of the people getting involved. So, has anyone else thought that uh, Roman has really regressed as a worker this year? Like, I thought he was getting to a place where he was actually. I wouldn't call him great or even good, but he was at a point where he was getting, I would say, above average to good, and it feels like he slid into this um, finisher spam-like match formula that's just terrible. I'll agree with that. I, you know, back in uh, times past, you'd uh, you make jokes about uh, Bret Hart, the Five Moves of Doom, or you talk about how like uh, like Cena would just do like these the same five moves like it's it's that way with roman like it's i think it's bad now like every every it's match like is gonna moves. yeah every match is gonna have like 20 uh superman punches and about uh you know 15 to 25 spears like it's it, it's that it, like it, i actually feel like you're right like he has regressed some and i don't know i don't know why because i don't think it's like he i know he can work and he's actually not bad like for all the criticism that is leveled his way which some of it's perhaps deserved some of it is not um yeah it's i get that if you're working like a main event style you have to slow it down you can't be as crazy because the the idea is to have longevity but still like it's it's kind of ridiculous now you're right it's like it's it's finisher spamming i don't think he's had a good match on a pay-per-view yet this year i mean name Kind of name a pay per view match that he hasn't been wrestling either, like Strowman or Lesnar. We had Jinder Mahal. Oh well. He had he had the you're only. Not, you're not going to get a five star classic there. He had Joe's only bad match on pay per view this year. Oh, that match was so awful. Yeah, and then there was the Bobby Lashley match that. Eh, that one wasn't terrible it wasn't great though that was probably his best pay-per-view match this year 
Mm. I don't remember if he wrestled at the Rumble. The fact that I can't remember it probably says it wasn't good. And then he had Elimination Chamber. Mm. Yeah. And that, elimi- that el- Elimination Chamber wasn't very good. Really? <laughs> See, I liked it just because I'm a Strowman fan, and it was they, they actually booked him correctly, and that he was just killing everyone. Everyone. And then they screwed it up for the next... Yeah, that's also it. That was another case of it was a good show right up to the end. Well, they don't know. To to me, it's this particular main event for this show really drove home the fact that they have no idea what they want to do. They want to they want they want Roman to be the face of the company. They want him to be like the strong champion. But they are at least semi cognizant of the fact that even though they've kind of started to ruin him, if they haven't, you know, taken great steps already down that path they realize they have something with with stroman so they don't want to like book him too weekly either but this is this is the perfect um this is a good example of like why i have trouble with the wwe because so in their in their want of not having a winner and to protect both guys they made both guys look like total bitches in the process yeah oh well do you want to explain what the finish was Okay, so the finish is... is let's, um, let's get all of the mayhem out on the table first. Okay, mm. so this so, match was a lot of them laying around doing nothing. It's a 24-minute yeah. match. It, yeah. with, with Mick Foley as a special guest referee who cannot bump. Yeah, he didn't add anything. So, well, I mean, Foley was there to promote his one-man show after the pay-per-view. Uh, That's why he was there. Um, they should have. They should have brought in Terry Funk and had him take offense from everyone. <laughs> and Terry would have done it too. I don't know what I'm doing here today, but we're gonna do it right. He'd have been like he'd have had Braun like power slamming him over the top rope to, rope to the outside. I don't know what all Terry would have had people do, but um, the. They have this whole thing going, and then you have Ziggler and McIntyre show up, and then Rollins and Ambrose show up. And so you have, let's see, you have the the two teams, like, scrapping around the outside, and it's, but it's the main event Hell in a Cell match at Hell in the Cell, so they're putting all of this focus outside of the cell. And the whole time they're doing all this, the two guys in the ring have to lay there like a couple of lumps of crap because they can't, because people can't possibly pay attention to two things at once. Right. And the, incidentally, this also adds Braun Strowman to the list of people that unsuccessfully cashed in a Money in the Bank. Congratulations. You know. I feel like he should have been able to keep the briefcase because it was uh, no contest. Uh, yeah, I don't think that happened. Um, the in the in the course of the match, uh, that me at the end of the match, who shows up? Say it with me now. One, two, three. Brock, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, with Heyman. Heyman maced Foley. On one hand, I'm not sure how happy about that I am or not, because, I mean, you know, 
pepper spray is designed to, to put people down, but given Foley's reputation, but then given everything Foley's been, I'm just not sure how much I like that. And then Brock Lesnar attacks both of them. And, and they ruled it a no contest. They ruled it a no contest. Like, Lesnar comes out there and beats up both of them, and they rule it a no contest <clears throat> with Mick Foley in the ring as this contrast between the two of them. It'd be like, Brock Lesnar came out and beat these two guys up in Hell in a Cell. That makes it a no contest. And you could, like, Foley just, you could, all, I could almost hear the thought, the see, like, a shot of the still of this and a thought bubble coming up from Foley being like, what's... <laughs> How do you have Hell in a Cell ended in a no contest? The first one had Kane show up and tombstone the Undertaker, and that wasn't a no contest. How, well, that how, had that that had like a bloody Shawn Michaels like trying to climb up part of the cage and falling off and like going through part uh, of the announce table, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. From he was kind of like dangling from the side of it on the outside and. And and Kane shows up and rips the door off of it and all this kind of stuff. How do you you have this whole legacy of Hell in a Cell being this horrible, brutal thing, and it takes horrible tolls on people. But it's because if you have Hell in a Cell, then you you have a winner at the end. It comes out that way, <clears throat> and then they're like, ah, Brock. So. Congratulations, you've now made two of your top stars look like wimps next to Lesnar, who you just got the title off of. Yeah, and the thing I love most about this, the thing that's like darkly ironic, is that they they spent so much time pushing the, the narrative that, oh, Brock doesn't care about uh, wrestling, so that's why you should be uh, rooting on Roman, and it's good that Roman's going to win the title. And here we are... You know, uh, what? Like, square uh, one. Yeah, even like what? Maybe two months at, at most. Two months? Oh, not even two months. It's oh, been it's, like, it's oh, yeah. SummerSlam. Oh yeah, it's okay. So one month, one literally one month out of that, where you you try to kill Lesnar and his reputation because he, you know he's quote going away and he doesn't care about wrestling and everything like that, and you literally bring him back a month later. No, Shad and I are talking before we went on air. Is that, mm-hmm. that it's ironic that they made this big deal about him returning and he was actually gone a shorter period of time than most of his hiatuses when he is under contract. Yeah. See, this is okay. So this is how I would have saved. If I was Vince McMahon, this is what I would have done after that was over there. I'd have been like, sing, get in the ring and jump off the top of the cage. (laughs) Oh man. That's what I would have done. Uh, I I think I would not have uh, I would not have booked it this way. See what but, I would have done. I would, which I would, what I would have done is I would have had Lesnar F five Roman onto Braun and then had Foley count the three. See, there's a, there's a way of, of actually having a finish on this, right? Yeah. I I don't like them doing this to Lesnar by the way, or to to Strowman by the way, because you have they have. Like very intentionally created something very special in Braun Strowman, and it seems like they're afraid of it. 
Well, see, the, see I would have done, I, I would have done that where they count him out. But then you, so pretty much you have Rome, you have Braun come out the next night and pretty much just absolutely destroy Lesnar. And then it's all good. Oh, to, to get the rehab in. Yeah. Because, I mean, it really doesn't make Strowman look that bad when he just got the crap beat out of him and then Lesnar essentially just throws Roman on top of him. And, you know, they're both unconscious. He just got screwed in the process. Like, it's really not that bad of a a move. And he doesn't, you know, at least you have a finish that way because from what I heard, as soon as it went off the air, that the crowd started chanting bullshit, which is pretty much the second time in two pay-per-views that the crowd is... Has done that, yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with them because we're at a point where, <clears throat> like, Braun is over in a big way, and yeah. so the, at SummerSlam they tease Braun's going to cash in on whoever's still around, and then they're like, Ah, no, never mind. And you're talking about. Roman literally tried to murder Braun in an ambulance last year, and this is and they both go down like this. Yeah, it, yeah, he tried to murder him by running an ambulance into into a semi trailer, and Braun walked away from it. So no, no, no. don't don't let Suplex City touch you because he's got kryptonite in them fingertips or something. Yeah. So I don't. I like though you, you can tell uh, Lesnar is getting ready for that USADA testing though. I'm sorry. Say again. I said I like how uh, you could tell visually that Brock's uh, getting ready for that USADA testing. Brock. Oh. Brock was shockingly smaller in just one month. Yeah. <laughs> I told you he's got to get in that USADA testing pool, so that means no more uh, no more good times. Well, as we've seen with uh, John Jones, even if he does fail a USADA testing, all he can do is just say, "Well, I didn't mean to take steroids." Yeah, just like and then like, and then they'll they'll pat him softly on the wrist. Yes, just like he didn't uh, mean to injure that pregnant woman in an auto accident while being high on drugs. Yeah, and just like John Jones also didn't mean to take coke. Uh, yes. multiple times and also still doesn't mean to take coke even though he admits yes. to continuing to do so and, and, and yeah, as Jones well as would, other street drugs and john jones would like you to know that he did injure that pregnant woman in self-defense see yeah he I, would also I, like you to know that you know why are you still giving him grief about that he paid her a large financial settlement just like uh just like a certain conor mcgregor gets to um, fight in the UFC after throwing a um, what was that a pallet jack? What is it called a pallet jack through the it side was like of a hand bus. truck. Yeah. yeah, through the side of a bus and injuring multiple UFC employees. Is there anything John Jones would like for us to know? Um, he's innocent. John Jones would like for you all to know that uh, my cat is making her appearance this podcast because she's a chatty cat. You know, I'm glad that Meowser Schmidt is not a John Jones fan because I would have <laughs> lost a lot of respect for her if she if she was defending him right now. Yes. You know, yes. You know what we don't get about John Jones? <laughs> is his brothers are actually like upstanding citizens. 
like Chandler yeah. Chandler Jones seems like a really good dude, and he's got this bonehead of a brother. I was gonna say Jones getting away with it doesn't necessarily clear Lesnar because they may just not like Lesnar, and. As we've seen with governing bodies in the NCAA, if they don't like you, they're going to find a reason to bust you. And if they do like you, they're going to make excuses for you. See, they're going to clear him because Lesnar draws on pay-per-view. There's a lot of money for them to make if Lesnar fights. Uh, Yeah, that's also true. Well, uh, uh, UFC has not been doing well, I guess, in terms of their their fights. Um, So they need need him. I guess he can't do it before, what, January? But they need him at least for for that. I think it's February. Oh, February. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was early next year. Funny thing, though, is John Jones doesn't really do that great on pay-per-view. Well, maybe because it's like months between uh, <laughs> when he's allowed to fight because of all of his failed drug tests. I still think uh, Daniel Cormier should uh, sue him for lost earning potential for cheating both times that they've fought. I, I really honestly think that anyone who is really serious about mixed martial arts, uh, despite the fact that they, as the term goes, stand for John Jones... You need to, people need to stop that. Please, I don't want to hear any more conversation about how, like, well, you know, he's one of the, he's the best of all times. Like, no, he's not. He's, there's been at least two fights that he's had to, it's had to be reversed because he flat out cheated. So don't, yeah. I'm not listening to any of that garbage I, again. I used to love MMA, but I can't, I just can't do it anymore. You know, they got their big payday when UFC got sold, and that's, I think yeah. that's that because the, the, the reality is that they're, they can't do, People can make fun of wrestling all you want to, but like you can you can do a, a wrestling pay per view every month. Like they have the talent for that. And yeah, with UFC, the problem is like they're not two things. One, like they don't have the level of talent that people actually want to see a pay per view every month. Like they don't have enough stars. And two, even if you you did have the stars, like literally every pay per view, whatever, at least like one major advertised fight doesn't happen because guys are almost dying with weight cut. And and honestly, like everyone they get behind that they want to like push is like their big draw is a total mm-hmm. scumbag. And when yeah. they actually when they actually get like a decent human being with a title belt like Stipe, mm-hmm. eh, they don't care. Guy's a firefighter, seems like a good dude. Ah, that's boring. Let's go let's go um let's go push some more uh, Connor McGregor. I think that it's that people will pay to see Conor McGregor get his skull caved in, or they will pay to see John Jones get beat up. Whereas if you have if you have a champion that people like, that's great, but they don't they're not as likely to pay to see him fight. They're more likely it's wrestling all over again. What are, what are you doing? You. What did Lesnar do at UFC 100? He went through and he badmouthed everybody, and people wanted to see him get killed. And yet, he had what, like, two, three more fights after that as champion? Um, not three. Okay, and you know they said goodbye rates because people wanted to see Lesnar get murdered. They wanted yeah. to see him lose. Yeah, but the pro the problem the problem they're running into now with. With that, like, Lesnar, yeah, people had to boo Lesnar and stuff, but now you're getting into, like, woman beaters and, like, 
I'm not arguing that point. Don't don't criminals. Yeah. That. Where I'm talking about the it's your it's your basic heel chase kind of thing. So. Um, but yeah, I th- um, so. Do you guys think they killed Hell in a Cell with this? The match or the the pay per view concept? The finish. Do you think they killed the gimmick? Oh. Um. Hmm. Okay, I don't think so. I don't think they've killed it. The, it. This instance looks awful. Like, it looks really bad. I don't think the gimmick itself is killed. There's there's far too much history and, and you know, kind of aura to it. You know, yeah, but I mean, look how quick WCW ki- killed War Games. It's not, it's not hard. To... I don't think it's done yet. Let me say that. <clears throat> because even this same night, we had a pretty good Hell in a Cell to kick the show off. That's so true. we've and, and consider the history behind it, because we have Hell in a Cell 97, Undertaker Michaels, which was fantastic. 98, the infamous, it bothers me whenever ever people say Mankind Undertaker in the Cell was the greatest match of all time. It's like, look, I, I can't say that because that... It makes me cringe to watch that. That's not a good match. It's a spectacle. It's it's if you take out those two giant bumps, it's not that great. It's it's not, but those are like wound into the fabric of what that is. <clears throat> I honestly think nothing's ever topped uh, Michael's taker as far as Hell in the Cells <laughs> go. You you've got um, Cactus Jack Triple H, which was it was good. Uh, people didn't want to see Foley retire, but you find out he needed to because of the kind of shape he was in. Um, other things you can consider. Consider the fact that, that that's what springboarded Batista's career was defeating Triple H in the cell. Like that's, Batista had cred at that point and all those other things that have happened. I don't think that the gimmick is in danger at all. <clears throat> I think that if you put certain people in it, they're going to look at it and go, oh, God. Because they can't have a main event gimmick match without screwing it up. Well, it's because the problem they're having right now is um, everything they do is filler because they're just trying to fill out content. And so the problem is is they, um, in their constant search for filler, they forget to actually pay things off in the process. So you're in this constant, like... Wheel, you're in this kind of constant hamster wheel of nothing ever concluding or, you know, progressing. We keep returning to the status quo. Because if you if you go back, like go if you go back and watch a show from like one month <laughs> of the same promotion, then go six months into the future and watch a show, any promotion you're going to watch is going to be a lot different in those six months. And if you did that with the WWE this year, it's the same product, the same people in the same exact spots almost. <clears throat> Compare what is going on with the Universal title to what's going on with the WWE title. Compare those two. And yeah. you want to you want to it, it, it should not be confusing why folks are loving one and hating the other. Yeah. But <sighs> What are you gonna say, right? Yeah. So okay. So you I guys, we're gonna talk about. Okay, go for it. May Young Classic. All right, 
like I said, I didn't get to, I haven't gotten to catch up, so I'm going to step back from the mic for a minute. So let us uh, let us start off with episode two. Um, <laughs> I did not like this episode. What about you, Matt? No, this is the uh, the more painful, and by, by that I do mean painful of the two I, episodes. I would be willing to say that episode two is the worst wrestling show I've seen all year. Uh you know maybe. I mean, I'm not gonna like say no. <laughs> That's I'm not gonna dismiss that out out of hand. Because it was bad. It was. I mean, thankfully, I think that the the last match of this particular episode was maybe the longest one, and maybe I think it was like seven or eight minutes. Yeah. Um, so at least at least everything was relatively short. Yeah. So we had we had um. I can't. I always forget how to pronounce her name. Is it Diona Perazzo versus Priscilla Kelly? I think it's I Diana. Diana Perazzo. Yeah. Yeah. I actually uh, thought this was the best match on the show. Uh, I would agree. It was um, at least at least you could see that they were trying. I thought Kelly really brought nothing to this, and Perrazzo is good and kind of carried it. I thought showing off her mat skills was a smart move. Um, I liked I liked like the backflip drop kick that um, Kelly did. I thought that was kind of cool, but. <laughs> Yeah, overall, I thought Peraza did uh, and, was better. Obviously, um, I like. And the I had a on problem bar. with Kelly in this because mm-hmm. um, she came off like a real tryhard with her persona. She did seem like she was trying really hard. Yeah, it's like one of those things where like she doesn't have charisma. So that means she just like mean mugs like really hard, thinking like trying hard equals charisma. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought this was okay. So the next match I thought was exceptionally she, terrible. Well, Kelly, by the way, is like 21 or something. She's really yeah. young. So, like, yeah, she, she is. in theory, could improve. She was, she had this weird, like, Elvira look <laughs> going yeah. on. But it it also seemed like she was trying to be, like, a low-rent um, page. Yeah, yeah. There was a so, lot. Of, she, she was going, like, five different directions at once. Like, she needs yeah. to, like, focus on... Yeah, but one character it, aspect. Yeah, she it, she did seem like she was trying to be like a tryhard, as she said. Yeah, I just I don't like, and you see that a lot in indies. I don't like I don't like wrestlers that are try like 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 I said the tryhard. Yeah, it's like dude, dude, or her, in her case, like hey, dial it back. Yeah, she, you don't you don't need to be like you you're doing a little too much here. Like it was the the Miz was guilty of that for like the first decade of the WWE. Yeah. So, um, the next match I thought was particularly awful, and that was. Ooh. Uh, Ariel, Ariel Monroe versus Zexus or Zexus. Yeah, I don't know Zuxix. how to pronounce that. So big, this was big swole Ariel Monroe. <laughs> yeah. Which so I like this... for some reason I was tickled by that uh, that nickname. This was so not this... a pretty match. This was not. No. A... So I thought Ariel Monroe had some decent charisma and she was over with the crowd and then was a terrible wrestler. You know, in terms of like her look and her charisma, I liked her a lot more than I liked Lacey Lane from episode one, who they're yeah. clearly trying to push. I mean, I thought she was like a much better version, but I don't know. She It, it wasn't a good match. Like she didn't come off great. Like I don't. But I, I I don't know that I would even entirely blame her. It's the only match I've ever seen her in. 
But her, I just her thought her opponents seem like a like an absolute. Oh, she's terrible. Worthless. Yeah. Like uh, that, so you you weren't going to get anything, and there was a total styles class here. And this Zuxis, uh, if uh, it seems like she, I looked her up, like she she's worked for CMLL. It's like I don't. What's happening? Like well, how I mean, seem like this bad? I think the problem is though, you get some of those luchadors in an American style with a ring, and they fall apart because everything's so different. I don't know. Like I, it, it was just bad. At least it was like and, really really short. And it was really dumb. Like, why did you why did you job Ariel in front of her kid and her? I don't know if they're married or not. Her partner. Hey, I don't know. They like doing that sort of thing. But this was this was te- this match was terrible. Like, I, I it was bad. It, yeah, it's one of the worst matches I've seen certainly this year. Yeah. So up next we had Casey Cantanzaro versus Rena Gonzalez. Um, I also thought this match was pretty bad. Though I will say Casey has only been in wrestling for like a year, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, it's it was not a good match. Um, they were trying to do like a whole David and Goliath thing because uh, Casey, I don't know how big she is. She looks like she's maybe like five feet tall, and okay. she's very she's very very small. Uh, she looks like she's probably like a hundred pounds, soaking wet. Oh, and doesn't have her. She's a gymnast, but doesn't have her. Yeah, they're really pushing the fact that she was on American Ninja Warrior, like, and she did, she did in this match do like a lot of cool like gymnastic stuff. I mean, that's that's basically like the gimmick I think they're going with, and I think, I mean, she's really really green. Uh, she's she's only in like a year and a half, so she's green as yeah. As the, as the wrestlers I, like to say, goose shit. She does. She does seem like she could have like the whole plucky baby face charisma if she does, you know, progress as a worker. So I think theoretically in like a another year or so, if they have her working kind of regularly and she she picks it up, like I think they could have she could be like a star with them. I think she could she could kind of capture that where you're kind of rooting for because she's she's small. She can do like some cool moves because she's very like athletic. I wouldn't have put her in this match with this opponent. No, I think, again, they were trying to do, like, a whole David and Goliath thing because there was this big size difference. Because, again, like, I think Casey's, like, five feet tall and, and Reyna was, like, literally, um, like, six feet tall, I think. Shad's, the, saying, Shad's saying five feet, 100 pounds for Casey. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would make sense that she looked about that big. And the, the thing about Reyna can... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, they're not doing her any favors because in round two, she's taking on Rhea Ripley. So they're really not doing her any favors in this tournament. See, I like, I kind of liked Rhea Ripley. I don't think she's a good opponent to get the best out of Casey, though. That's possibly true. So Um, my problem with Rena Gonzalez was I thought she had a really good character. I thought she um, projected character really well in the ring. mm -hmm. And it might have been because her opponent was so small, but she was really awkward in the ring. She did seem like that. And one of the things I, I noted in my uh, my notes as I was watching the show is that with I don't know if it's just her or if it's like what was happening with the opponent or whatever, but she seemed like just really slow and not not like not bumbling, like but it seemed kind of awkward at, at times. I'm thinking she might have been taking great care to not like get too rough with her. 
Yeah, I guess. It, it just seemed it made the match seem awkward. It just it seemed like both yeah. of them came off like really they're really green. I think Rain has probably only been in a couple. Am I? Is she been only in a couple of years or so? Yeah, I think she was in last year's tournament. Mm. She allegedly, uh, her father is a worker. Yeah, she said who it was. It wasn't Rudy Boy Gonzalez, was it? No, it's um, Ricky Desperado Gonzalez. Okay, I, th- I might know who that is. It would is she uh, is she related to Rudy Boy? Is that like her uncle or something? I don't know. I don't that's, know enough about Lucha. Yeah, I don't think so because I think he's like I think Rudy Boy is like in Texas and all that stuff. But who knows? Mm. That's that's. But I. I I remember what she said, and the only reason I said Rudy Boy is because there was an R in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but um, I don't think it was. So then we had our main event, which was Ashley Rain versus Mercedes Mar- Martinez. Ashley um, Ashley Rain, aka Madison Rain, most yeah. commonly known uh, for uh, Impact. She was not the best wrestler in Impact, and she kind of showed it here. I actually like Mercedes Martinez, but she did not. Um, she didn't not have a good performance here i i actually put that down on my notes because she's otherwise she's she's been in wrestling a long time like well over a decade and she has had good matches with a lot of different people and i don't know what was happening here like she was moving it's like she was moving at half speed everything was kind of like slow and, and not not very good at all they just didn't click i think as part of the problem yeah and it, it seemed like rain was really trying and it, it just wasn't working. Yeah. So overall, I this episode was terrible. It was, it, it was bad. It was bad. If if people, unless people are like completists, if they want to watch every episode of the tournament, yeah. uh, I would just say, it's, please skip the, skip this. Because like, because the the Ariel Monroe um match will make you reconsider your fandom of wrestling. Yeah, you can't. You know, you're not gonna want to. You're gonna have to watch like uh, no. one of the one of the Omega Okada matches to kind of cleanse your palate. And I feel bad because I keep saying Ariel's name, but I don't know how to pronounce the other woman's name because it was more the other woman's fault, I think. Than I would agree. I would agree. I think Ariel Monroe, like with a different opponent, like who maybe was more of like a, a American style, probably could have gotten more yeah. out of her. So now, episode three, I thought rebounded nicely from. I mean, episode yeah, episode three. I thought it rebounded nicely from just a terrible episode two. So our first match um, was Caitlyn versus Kavita Devi. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, by this point in episode three, I am tired of the long video packages. Like I'm tired of a of a three minute video package for a four minute match. That's the thing. See, I actually appreciate the video packages in the sense that if you're not familiar with the worker and a lot of these workers I'm only kind of like tacitly familiar with. Like I actually do appreciate it. Um, cause I think it does, it does add a lot to who the people are and what their character is and their motivations and that sort of thing. But the problem is that they'll have like the packages, which between the two different women who are wrestling in that, in that match, it, let's say it's like an eight minute overall package. Then you have like a four minute match. Yeah. It, like it, it, it overcomes it. I will say this, like, I watched the Caitlyn one and this is really awful of me. It's like, I have like no memory of Caitlyn as a divas I champion. I, 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 I kind of purged all of that from my memory. Cause that was like, that was before 
you know, you had Sasha Banks and Bailey and Charlotte and everything and Becky Lynch coming up. So it, it was like, I, I what did, who was Caitlin feuding with? Like the Bellas? Like it, I was I like, remember. it was like the, it was like the dark ages. So I, I didn't remember. And honestly, this is really bad. I think I probably in my mind confused her with Dana Brooke. <laughs> I thought she was like, I'm like, when Caitlin came out, I'm like, hey, isn't that the same girl who was in Titus Worldwide? But it is not, in fact. So I, I don't know what I thought of this match because Devi obviously sucks. She's not good. Um, and they gave her, they actually had her do most of the offense of the match. Shad says that Caitlin feuded with AJ Lee and her spears on AJ look like um, state-sponsored executions. Ugh. I actually don't... Caitlin didn't seem bad here. She didn't have a lot to work with. That's true. Uh, has she... Has she resigned with them? They were... I mean, I the way know. the way that they were hyping her, it made it seem like that's something that, you know, they wanted to do if she hasn't. She... I know she's wrestling again. Yeah, because I guess she allegedly retired for a while. It doesn't say. I, I imagine she will... They're 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 signing basically everyone. I think so. I think I think from what I saw here, she didn't have a lot to work with. I think she could hold her her end up of a match with the right opponent. Yeah, and, well, she's gonna have at least one more match in the tournament because she she advanced. Um, yeah. I this this wasn't a great match, but I didn't think it was like terrible. It was just no. like it was like okay. Like I give Debbie's not good, but at least I give her credit for like actually like showing some fire yeah um so it was that so we finally break the streak of bad matches with mm. tony storm and jenny yeah i really liked how they 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 approach this match they um that tony storm's over everyone knew to- tony storm was gonna win this match everyone knows what tony storm can do so let's use this match to showcase jenny in a loss and I have not uh, ever seen Jenny in a match. I haven't seen a lot of progress, um, but she comes from progress. She was trained by them, and I actually was impressed a lot by her. I actually thought she, um, for someone, she kind of has a unique look because she's she looks tall. I don't know if she is, but she looks tall because she's kind of like six. Okay, that's not. It's kind of like it's it's like average height. For a woman, it's not particularly tall, but she she's very thin, so she has like this lean look to her. Um, she's kind of a, it's a unique look in the sense that she doesn't look like physically imposing, but I actually thought she was a her offense was not bad here. Like there's a couple of moves that she did that I thought were actually pretty pretty cool, and she she showed like a lot of like intensity at times. It's really this match though. Um, this match really hit home the disparity of talent in this tournament though because oh yeah it did because tony storm comes out and you're just like okay there there is a professional wrestler that is a star that is someone that knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. up against and i watched these episodes pretty much back to back up against like these women on like the other shows you're just like uh they're not very good yeah yeah they're they're not at all like and, and again for some people like say uh priscilla kelly like she's She's like 21 years old. Like she has, she's yeah. been doing this like maybe two, three years. Like that's kind of, you can kind of excuse that away. But when you have people who are like in their, like the, again, the Zeusix girl, like 
Yeah. Look, like she's she yeah she's been like doing this allegedly like ten years, and it's like I, 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 I just don't get it. I don't know how you're having such a bad match. Uh, and then you have someone like Jenny, who I, I don't think has been doing it that long, but was brought up in the in the progress scene um, where they have a little higher quality work. And I actually thought she did a really good job in this match. I liked her personality. I liked everything. And I guess she's they've at least signed her to the NXT UK. I don't know if they're going to incorporate her into like the regular NXT or not. I don't know how they're working that. That Zoo 6 woman has been wrestling for 10 years. That's kind of like sad. And uh, Jenny's been wrestling for like three years. Wow. She was much better. Uh, what are they doing with the with NXT UK? Is that just are they going to have their own separate show? Yeah, I think so because they have their own titles. Huh. Let me look because they just crowned tag champs, didn't they? Let me look. I don't know. Let's see. Um, but yeah, I I like Tony Storm. Um, have you seen much of her? Not really. She's she can fall into that um get your shit in mm. mentality, but uh Rhea Ripley's their current women's champion. Mm. And then Pete Dune's obviously the the champ. Okay, that makes sense. So now the next match on this show, I actually Hold really on, like I... this. Sorry to cut you off. I'm looking it up on like Wikipedia and it's saying that they're they're going to broadcast uh, NXT UK's program in the United Kingdom. So I don't know if I don't know if they're going to show that. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to show that. That, that. I mean, look, I'm paying I'm paying nine ninety nine every month. I should have uh, some content. At least I put have it some... on the progress on demand then. Yeah. Hmm. So um, the next match was Karen Q versus uh, Zia Lee. This kind of started off a little weird. I was a little perplexed by it, and then it got kind of awesome, and then ended. Yeah, this was oh, this was super short, but it was a lot of fun for a while it lasted. I don't know anything about um, oh, really either, either of one them. of these. Yeah, either of them. But I, I guess um, Zia Zaya. I think I think she signed with the WWE, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, which I actually think is a good. That's that's smart because I actually think she has. She looks like she has a lot of talent. Like at least like you can see where they can build something out of her. Yeah, but I just liked. Um, I think it was Zia was just kind of being a douche in this. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was kind of humorous at first, but then they just kind of started kicking each other. I was like, oh, this is actually like they're just kind of like puffing their chests out and like getting in a pissing match with each other this is kind of fun yeah i didn't i wasn't quite sure if this there was like a miscommunication they just decided like all right well let's just start kicking the shit out of each other <laughs> but that's basically what did happen um it was a lot of fun though um and you don't you don't see that in wwe matches very much no i like this a lot though Again, it was yeah, super this... short, it, but it was like really entertaining for what lasted. And I actually loved that like spinning axe kick finisher that uh yeah, Zia Lee. Cool. Yeah. This this wasn't better than the Satamura match, but I think this was my favorite match of round one. Say that again? I said I don't this wasn't to me this match wasn't better than the Satamura match. 
No, yeah. It was it was probably my favorite match of round one, though. Uh, I probably would. I probably feel like I like the Satomura match more, or the or the final match on this show. Yeah. So uh, for our final match of the evening, we had Allison K versus Mia Yim. So my my impression of this match is you have to um, you have to give someone props for their devotion to their craft for wrestling half the match with their ass hanging out. <laughs> I yeah, that, that was true. I actually like this match a lot. Yeah, um, it went. A little, it got. It, there was. It, it it was starting to overstay its welcome a little bit, and I thought the beginning was a little meh. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I can see that. I think it it did start to build as a as a progress, and, and it was interesting because you have you have like two. Um, you have, basically, this is two former Impact champions wrestling on a WWE program, which I thought was kind of cool. Now this this is this is the one where I thought the video package was actually good, where they they kind of instead of introducing them as characters, they were mm-hmm. like, hey. Mia Yim busted her up really bad in a previous match, and then you have Allison K being like, "Yeah, like I'm gonna bust your nose for the, you know." Yeah. Like I thought that was they that gave it like a very real feeling to it. Yeah, I like that they played up their history. That was pretty cool. And I like Mia Yim. Um, as a general rule, I think she's a really good wrestler. Yeah, and I thought she was really good in this, and I actually. Um, looked it up today just as kind of because i watched uh, i watched this right before we started broadcasting and she apparently signed a contract with them today oh yeah she did yeah and uh not this match i think a, a match further in the in the tournament that she's in maybe the next match that she is which she's gonna be she's actually wrestling um caitlin in the next match yeah. uh in one of those matches i think after the match like there was a they were like chanting in the arena to sign her, and so I get. I, mean, I guess it worked because she. Uh, she just got. I, a I can't believe they didn't sign her last year. They were dumb for that. Yeah, but I think she has a lot of promise. Like they, she could, like easily go to NXT like right now. Not, I wouldn't even say like she needs polish per se. They could just have her move right into. I could. I think they could. They, she could. She could start on SmackDown tonight, and I think she'd be fine. That's that's true, but I think if they did put her in NXT, I think that'd be I, that'd be fine. Like I I like I kind of like having them in NXT for a while to 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 freshen that up. Although she's obviously like light years ahead of a lot of the other people they have there. Yeah, and she she has that crispness of execution that I think a lot of um the other women lack at times. Mm-hmm. And there's there- a certain. She projects character really well. She has a certain like confidence that um, I think a lot of wrest- a lot of wrestlers lack on the indie scene, especially. Yeah, she's got some of those like intangibles down really well. Yeah, there I'm was... glad they signed her. Yeah, that's a of all the people in this tournament that who weren't already under contract that they could have signed. Like she was probably like at the top outside of you know some of the yeah. Japanese workers that they have. Uh, two things in here that I thought were really like, I, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy to see these type of spots in a WWE ring, but uh, the hand spot I thought was like that. What kind of shocked me? I was like, whoa, 
where she um she goes to chop Allison K and then misses and just like cracks her. Oh yeah, that was good. And, and I and I don't got... know. Yeah, I don't know if that was like an actual like error or if that was a planned spot, but it it sounded brutal. Yeah, because you know what that reminded me of, and it was good then too, is when um. I think that was Wrestle Kingdom when the Bucks went for that spot in the corner and he cracked his leg on the ring post. That might have been Dominion. Was that the one where like Jim Ross actually got injured doing it, or was that a different? I think no, it was, that, I, was, that uh, was that was like a Juice Robinson match, I think. No, who was? Because that was the one where um, Josh Barnett went ape shit on whoever did it. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm confusing it with something else. That might have been Jay White and Juice Robinson. Mm, I think it was. Because Josh Barnett got in the guy's face about it during the match. Yeah. And then and the then other... There was a, it was the match where the Bucks won the IWGP tag team title. So it would have been Dominion. So they built a lot of the match on. I think Nick kicked, like went for a kick and hit the ring post and pretty much like sold the leg like death the rest of the match. Wow. Yeah. And then the other spot here that I thought was kind of like interesting, it only happened for like two seconds, but it was shortly after the the hand spot. Uh, Allison K got uh, Mia Yim almost like in a camel clutch, and then she like took her pinky and started fish hooking her in the face. Oh, yeah. I was, was like, damn, like I can't believe they're letting that for in a women's match on a WWE program, but even though it was only like a, it, it lasted like two seconds. It didn't last long. Yeah, but they, I thought that they, was like, whoa. They really interweave those extra little vicious moments in there to really show that they like don't like each other. Yeah, I thought this was a. I like this match. It's. I don't know. That it was my favorite of. Uh, of round one, I guess it could have been. It's it's up there. I think it was it definitely was, one of the best three matches of yeah. the t- tournament thus far. Yeah, this was this was definitely a good episode. I I would say maybe it's slightly better than episode one because it, the match quality overall was better, even though I say episode one had the best match. Mm. But um, I think I think this week's episode is going to be really good because in this one we're getting um, we're getting EO debuting. Mm-hmm. We're getting um, Matsumoto, right? Yeah, Matsumoto, who's really good, and then we're also getting. Um, Tanara Conti and Jesse Elevan. I don't know who those are. And then we're also getting Nicole Matthews and Isla Don. Tanara Conti appears to be Brazilian. And she is already signed to um, NXT. And um, Masumoto is wrestling Paul Ellering's daughter. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that match a lot. And then um, EO is wrestling Zia Brookside. I don't know who that is. Let's see. Um, oh, Rob, Robbie Brookside's stepdaughter. Really? Yeah. How old is she? 19 years old. That's going to be interesting. Hmm. I think you're going to really like Yo Shirai. She's probably like the best worker in the world right now. And um, I think she's going to leave an impression as this tournament progresses. I expect her to win too, because it's going to be 
that's who my pick is to win. I've been very much looking forward to seeing some of the upcoming stuff. I, I just didn't feel like I had much of a draw for that. I kind of wanted to see how Casey did, but on the other hand, it, it also kind of seemed like a gimmick entry. I would I would say episode three is worth it to go all the way through. Okay. Yeah, it's I, I yeah I would actually say watching it in its entirety is pretty worth it. I guess if you really needed to cut it one out, you could cut out the first match, the Caitlin match, but. Yeah, it's overall a, a good episode. Yeah. I have to say, I'm I'm looking forward to where they're going to go with this tournament uh, going forward. Well, we'll look forward to see what happens. <clears throat> so, I think that about covers everything we were looking at, doesn't it, guys? Yeah, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, <clears throat> technical issues aside, we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on the pit podcast network please give us a shout on twitter facebook email um we'd love to hear from you and we'll be looking forward to more may young classic and hopefully uh in the coming weeks we're going to have some more special stuff coming up so with that being said this is shad with matt and brad we've been in three quarters you're in the fourth thanks for joining us <laughs>